Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. I'm your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this morning, as is almost always the case, is my good buddy and co-host, Lee Cantor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Stone. How are things in your world? Going really well. I think I am just about recovered from boys' weekend. You know, we had a baseball game, the College Football Hall of Fame, and NASCAR all in one weekend. <laughs> That's <Game>. a trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gained like eight or ten pounds, and I'm just now recovering. But I've been looking forward to this segment all week. You know, we have our buddy uh, from Training Pros back with us, Mr. David Edelman. How you doing, man? Very good. How are you doing, Stone? I'm doing well. Now, you're coming off a trip, too. You're, you're just coming from Orlando? Came back from Orlando. Just went for the weekend. Yeah, it was a very nice trip. They have NASCAR there? <laughs> uh, no, not in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing in Orlando? Daytona. Um, uh, just visiting my parents. Just the, took the family down, you know. Disney with some and friends. Universal, um, all we, the theme parks? Uh, no, not this time. Um, just visited with friends and, you know, had, had a cookout, had some friends over. And nice. Just kind of a quick weekend, you know, drive down Friday night, got Saturday, Sunday, drive back Monday. So we all here at Business Radio X, we're getting excited about the roadshow for Learning Insights. We're mm-hmm. going to go to several of the markets that you guys serve, and we're going to do live broadcast in New York, Boston, Dallas. I, I don't know where all, but what else is going on with Training Pros, man? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a big deal is that the radio show is going on the road. We're pretty excited about that. So that gives um, you know opportunity for a lot more folks out there around the country, learning leaders around the country, to, to get on get on air. Um, and, and to be heard. Uh, we also have a series of webinars coming up, first one on September 12th on gamification. Um, so we're pretty excited about is that. Is that a real word? I know Lee uses that it. Is, that's <laughs> is the that hot, an actual word? That's the hot thing right now in training, right? That's the big buzzword, gamification. Everybody's all excited about it. Yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying about it? No, I was just saying that we have. that's the first in our series. It'll be on September 12th. Okay. And um, you can find uh, more information at the website. www.training-pros.com. Well, and we really appreciate Training Pros. It's uh, it's Training Pros who underwrites this show and makes this possible and gives us a chance to to visit with good folks like our our guests this morning. Uh, Here today on Learning Insights, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce a learning and development consultant with Turner Broadcasting. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Miss Jennifer Williams. How you doing, Sunshine? I am wonderfully well. I hope you are. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It is so good to see you. Now, you're no stranger to the Business Radio X microphone. You've been in the studio before, but you've shifted gears and taken on some new responsibilities, haven't How you? How about that? Absolutely. The last time we were together, we were talking about community involvement and how do we get training uh, professionals out and donating and volunteering their training and development services to nonprofit organizations. And we got some really great response from that. So thanks so much for that. I appreciate it. And so I was more than happy to come back now in my new capacity to talk about some of the great things we're doing at Turner Broadcasting. And um, what is the what are we going to talk about today? HR University. What do you think about that? I think that's it's community oriented. It, it sounds is. like <laughs> <laughs> definitely with a group of folks. That's exactly right. You got it. Absolutely. So was this your brainchild? No, I would love to be able to take credit for that. I um, joined the organization not long ago, and this work was already underway. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea behind the university really is to start to look inward, right? And how do we equip? skill up, 
the talent within our own HR teams. If you're if you've ever worked in any organization, the HR team is always outward facing, right? right? They're worried about the staff and the employees and making sure that they're okay and they have the skills and ability they need to to uh, in order to be effective in their roles. But my boss uses a phrase I just love. She says, "But we treat ourselves we're like the cobbler's children." That's right. right? <laughs> no shoes, <laughs> That's right? Exactly right. Exactly right. So, really was the brainchild of my boss, Michelle Kilroy, and the leadership team to really start to look inwardly at uh, our own HR team and figure out how do we scale up our own folks. So now, HR University, do you have like sororities and fraternities, like you know, football team? What's that look like? Wouldn't that be nice? We do have snacks when we have our class. <laughs> that's important. That's about the closest we're going to get to some type of a frat party. Yeah. Or <laughs> Absolutely. But we certainly do a lot of, uh, we build a lot of curriculum around. Uh, so from a classes perspective, right, if we mm-hmm. think about college and classes, right. we definitely build a curriculum that's designed to really support the HR professional as they are looking at not only themselves as an individual contributor, but they're looking at their teams and then at the business as a whole. And this isn't like a typical corporate university that's out serving all the different groups in the in the you know all the different services that you guys do. This is HR focused. You got it exactly right. We really, you're absolutely right. Our uh, the organization I work in is the talent management, or we call ourselves Turner People Development. So we are traditionally what people would think of as the training organization. But this focus is absolutely directed at our HR professionals, uh, looking at how do we help them again begin to skill themselves up. A lot of this work um, comes out of the book by David Ulrich call HR from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, is that inside out or outside in? I think it's outside in. Um, and he identifies six competencies that are really important for an HR professional to really be considered a strategic business partner. And that became the launching pad for us for developing um, the HR university around how do we support them in those six key competencies. And so that's the mission then? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The goal of the organization, of the university, is really to begin to help our our HR professionals get themselves grounded in our global business, right? Think beyond that, what we would traditionally think about in HR, right? Because there's a lot of kind of process work associated with that, right? right? But there is the whole of the global organization and the global industry, right? So how do we help them get steeped about that, get clear about what our work is, and then how do we strategically insert ourselves in that process in a number of different ways in order to really become a strategic partner? And then be aligned with kind of the big why of why the company exists, right? You've got it exactly right. No better people are in a better position to be able to advocate and communicate that message, right, then are the HR professionals. But we want to make sure we equip them and skill them with kind of what are the right things to say and and how to be able to go about doing that. Absolutely. Yep. Now, did you get any pushback from executive leadership when you were thinking that you were going to set something up that was so focused and so niche? Because I, I got to believe this is a little bit unusual. We, we I would say we're a bit of an anomaly in this place. But I, you know what the great thing is about Turner Broadcasting, and if you know anything about the history, it was started by an entrepreneur, right? And so right. that entrepreneurial spirit still lives on inside the walls of Turner Broadcasting. So we're always asking each of our departments to innovate and think creatively about how do we do our work. And that includes roles that sometimes traditionally people don't think about, right? right. You know, always think about innovation and technology and, you know, those kinds of places, marketing. But, you know, sometimes places like HR, we don't think about that. And so the idea that we would start to think innovatively about our space and how we could better align with the organization it became a real win for the leadership team. 
Yeah. Now, how far along are you? Yeah, so we're probably about a year in, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not far down the road. Um, So, you know, part of that process is let's get clear about what those competencies are. What are we trying to, you know, what are the competencies that we want people to build? And I'll... I'll, um, I'll share a few of those for yeah, those who have the, those out in the viewing audience. Is that right? Or the listening, <laughs> listening audience? <right. laughs> the listening audience. So the first one is become a credible activist. I know that sounds odd, right, when you think about HR. But really this is back to the basics of do what you say you're going to do, right? Say what you mean and do what you say. And that begins to build trust inside the organization. And from a platform of trust, then you really begin to build relationships with key stakeholders that allow you to get a seat at the table, right? right. So that's one of the first competencies is around credible activism, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is about strategic positioning. You can't really have a, well, you can have a seat at the table, but you can't be, you probably are not asked back if you don't understand globally how the business works, right? So not just your department, not just your team, not just the company, but even the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. So we start to look at equipping our folks with tools around business acumen, right? To understand how business works, not only inside of Turner, but outside of Turner, the industry, and globally at large. So we spend some time really helping people understand about the business. So how does that play out in real life yeah so how would you help somebody understand in that macro manner you got it we um we are fortunate to be owned by time warner which is a much larger organization and so we deliver some curriculum around business acumen we literally have business leaders come in first from time warner kind of at the top end look it says what's going on in the industry as a whole what are we seeing across the landscape that's happening in the space that we're in so time warner said you know what that's a good idea i'm gonna invest some of my people's time to come in and talk? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been absolutely invaluable to, for our folks to hear directly from business leaders. What are they looking for? What are they seeing? And then it allows them to start thinking about for themselves, how does what I do align with that? Right. right. How do we get kind of in concert? How do me and my team start to get in concert with that kind of work? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then we move back to the Turner space and we have somebody come in and talk about the domestic platform, what's happening on the domestic side of the house, lots of competition heating up in that space. Right. For the digital, you know, environment, sure. lots of people moving away from eyeballs on television into lots of right. other platforms. on demand. Oh right. my gosh, you, right. there's not a place today that you can't watch something, right? Right. Smartphone mm-hmm. or iPad. But you guys or, have a pile of content, so that's a big opportunity. It <laughs> is. I like the way you think. You got it absolutely. And then we certainly talk about our international, um, our market space. I think that's a space that many of us, if you don't, if you've never worked internationally before or you're not plugged in, it's not a space that you think about. But if you think about some of the work that we do here domestically, the question becomes how spaces so that we're not uh, duplicating efforts or we're not creating something brand new from scratch. So this whole idea of of partnering and leveraging and um, uh, has been a part of that kind of business acumen. And then you want it to work both ways, right? Isn't there some opportunity that they're doing something great in Spain that might translate here in America? You have said it, my friend. Absolutely. Our biggest arena is in the Latin American region. Right. And they've got some really interesting things going on there in terms of pay for TV, which we all are familiar with in terms of cable. But there's also what they call free to air, right? Things that come on just free channels. And so how do we learn from each other? You never Uh, know where the next great idea is going to come from. (laughs) You said it. Absolutely. So that's kind of the second facet when we talk about strategic positioning. That's the second competency. The third one is capability builder, right? Starting to look at what's the organization? Where's the organization going? 
What are we going to be doing? And then what do we need to do to equip our people to be prepared for that next opportunity? Right. right? How do we do that uh, in a way that gets people ready a lot faster, a lot quicker, uh, so that they're able to deliver against the business result? Because now you have to be a kind of a nimble thinker, right? You can't say just because we did it last year, this is how we're going to do it next year, right? Oh. you got to be able to be pretty flexible. You are so right. There is a concept in the project management arena called agile project management and the whole idea behind agile is you do a little bit you try it if it works then you do, do more some more. It. That's exactly right. <laughs> if it as doesn't work, stop. That's right. <laughs> you, you got it. So that absolutely the idea of getting people ready for what they need next, mm-hmm. and then let's work through that, and then let's look at what we need next, and we build capabilities around that. Now, mm-hmm. d- is that difficult in a corporate environment to have people comfortable taking risk and failing, where a lot of historically in corporate settings – Failing isn't good. Yeah. You know, people don't get high fives for messing up, you know. But in that agile environment, you kind of have to mess up in order to, you want to get the learning out as quickly as possible. You got it. So is that a cultural shift kind of? I, you know what? I certainly would say so. Again, I go back to kind of the roots of the organization. The mm-hmm. TED has always been about trying new things, right? And uh, one of our BPs came to one of the sessions recently and he used a great mantra. He said, try fail, grow, right? right? So fail it's Fail fast. That's right. That's fail right. Forward. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. You got it. And so getting people comfortable with that, it's okay. Let's do an experiment. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. If it doesn't work, it's okay, right? right. We haven't invested heavily. Let's all make sure we didn't do that, right? right? And then let's try something different. But so that Culturally, I, there has to be a lot of trust in order to implement that because, you know, historically, people haven't really been rewarded for failing. Yes, you are correct about that. And I, you know, I, I would be um, overarching if I said, you know, we're all living in a land of mm-hmm. unicorns and right sunshine, right? <laughs> Where, you know, everybody should be failing and it's, you know, rewarded. It's okay, right? Exactly, right? exactly. We, like Edison, you know, we learned 2,000 ways not to make a light bulb. You <laughs> yeah. still with me on this? You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't have that kind of luxury. Absolutely. We're kind of the next season and the next season and the next season is really more of our window. But we do try to encourage people, certainly, again, to at least be risk takers, right? right. Taking calculated risks right. and don't be so risk averse, right? Because right. we're we're seeing in the marketplace some really edgy programming that's coming out. And uh, if we're going to be competitive, we got to try to take chances. We do. Right. Absolutely. We got to be the next Breaking Bad or. That's right. You know, you know. exactly. <laughs> right. But imagine pitching that show. It's about this teacher right. that sells meth. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right? Exactly right. I'm in. We, I want, let's go. Ten seasons of that. You, you know? got it. That's exactly <laughs> right. You've hit upon it. Absolutely. Um, the next one is the capability is called Change Champion. Are we okay? Change Champion. Um, and I think that one kind of is a self-explanatory one, right? We're not Turner is not alone in that it is going through a significant amount of change from the external forces internally. Right. But we're seeing that across the board in lots of organizations, right? Lots of globalization and people having to change often. And so lots of restructuring and people going through lots of change management initiatives. And how do you help the people on the ground really manage through that successfully, right? How do you build up resiliency Right. in your workforce such that each time a new change comes on and it will come right what do we know the one thing about change is that it's constant right, right? uh-huh um how do we build up resiliency in our employee staff so that they can manage the next change right. effort and so really becoming change champions helping organizations get themselves designed and redesigned and then 
uh, accepting of that change and then moving forward. Right, and embracing it. Yes. Not just accepting it, but yeah. saying, this is exciting. I'm I'm excited to be part of this change. You got it. You got it. And there's a lot of work that we spend uh, time with our folks on trying to get clear about what are the motivators, right? Because everybody's mm-hmm. motivated by something different. This right. idea that it used to be it's good for the company, so it's good for me. That uh, model doesn't always work anymore, right? So we got to get down to the individual That's person right. the level. Brand of you. That's exactly <laughs> right. You said it. Mm-hmm. So um, spend some time working with them on that whole change piece, right? Mm-hmm. How do you become a change champion and really helping your teams be equipped for what is the next wave of change, right? So they don't get overwhelmed right. by it. Um, so I, I know you're only a year in. Are, yeah. Are you starting to see some outcomes that you can document and then work toward replicating? Wow, such a good question. Uh, well, that, that was fantastic. That, that was, was question of the day. Awesome exactly. question. <laughs> I, where do you get these questions <laughs> from? <laughs> you're winning. <laughs> Outstanding question. So I'd say to you, you know, a year in, what we're starting to see is at least a change in mindset, right? I don't know that we can tangibly point to some very specific things just yet. You know, change is a slow moving, right? She's a slow moving Mm -hmm. ship. But what we do see is that where in the past, maybe people weren't asking the question before, they're at least asking the question now, right? Or they're asking the question differently than they had asked the question in the past, or they're at least asking, right? Sure. Yeah. So that part we're pretty excited about, inviting people to the table that maybe they hadn't engaged in the past, looking across the organization to partner with other folks who might be able to help solve a problem where we probably have been very insular in the past. So if I'd say to where have we seen some of the outcomes, we've seen it in that. Um, but I can't point to a 20%, you know, this part or a 40% drop in. Not yet, but we're working on it. Yeah. Are you working on uh, ways to measure that? Because uh, some of those are kind of soft things and it's hard to measure. It is, isn't it? Absolutely. And so whenever we ask, one of the things when we talk about this whole idea of um, skilling people up and really equipping them with skills that they need, we start to, to focus on, you know, how do you measure the impact of any effort? Right. You start with that whole Covey's idea of start with the end, end in mind. mind. Yeah, right. absolutely. So we really are starting to talk with our folks about before you undertake an effort, right? Let's ask at the end, what's the business outcome that we're right. trying to achieve? How will we know if we've arrived there, right? How will we measure that? Right. And then we work ourselves backwards from that. And so that could be very different depending on the initiative. Mm-hmm. But that there becomes a way that we measure. We start with what is the business outcome, not necessarily what's the intervention, right? The intervention may be uh, a team building exercise. I'm making that up, right? Or the intervention could be a focus group or it could be a, but at the end of the day, what do we want to see happen differently, right? And so how do we then make sure that what we're doing gets tied to that? Right. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I got to add, what is your backstory? How did you even get in the front? Because you, you, you just, it seems like you were born for this work. Oh, d- I don't have any money. I'm going to have to pay him for that kind compliment. There's a nice snicker bar right here. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. I've been at this for a minute or two. Um, And so uh, I've been in the training space, I think, officially, I'd say probably a little more than 15 years, 15 plus years. Yeah. And I started my career, interestingly enough, in sales. And I always say to people that was the greatest platform for coming in the training and development space. And people think, what do you mean? How is that possible? When you have to meet customers all day long, you have to figure out what's the customer's need. What are they trying to accomplish? 
How can your solution help them get there and make countless presentations? It becomes a great training ground for book in the training and development space. So I've been practicing it for a little while, right, in a number of different capacities. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, you guys as a group, the training and development community, a remarkably collaborative group of folks. The last time you came on, you were really kind of uh, coming on as a, as a representative of ASTD and some of the work that you've got going there. Mm -hmm. Still very connected to that group and still have activities. Uh, can you just speak to that relationship and the impact that organization has had on, on your personal development? Your Absolutely. I, you know what? I, I appreciate you asking. I am a huge advocate for ASTD. It has been with me every step of the way. You know, as I've built my training career, I, I, I say that to people all the time. When I made the decision that I wanted to be in training, I looked for an organization who could help. And I found an ASTD chapter, and they started to help groom me. At that point, I was a consultant, right? So they helped me learn about the consulting space. And then when I decided I wanted to grow again and get a master's degree because I wanted to have a different level of conversation, I went back to the organization and found resources that could help me get the master's degree and help me, you know, with the training piece. And and then when I decided I wanted to go into a corporate, go back into a corporate setting, I went back to the organization, never really leaving, but leveraging the relationships there to help me, you know, um, um, find my, you know, find my way, right, and find a great home for me to do the kind of work. And after, you know, doing that a number of times over, I thought, you know, for an organization that's given so much to me, I absolutely have to give back. So it's part of the way Dave and I met. I started volunteering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then donating my training and development services uh, to nonprofit organizations. And then someone said, hey, would you help us do that for the organization? Sure. <laughs> and then joined the board uh, and then uh, just rolled off of the board the last this past year because I adopted a little girl. And uh, so she is the, the light of my life. So this past year, I've been on a little bit of a coast mode, right, as we're trying to get our footing between she and I. But I'll be plugged back in next year. Mm -hmm. Don't you worry. I've already got, you know, my idea about how I'm going to contribute again next year. So it's been a great ride. Thanks so much for asking that one. Now, that kind of an organization, does that help you in implementing like an HR university? Are there resources and tools you can kind of lean on that uh, organization to help you oh, kind of facilitate that? Absolutely. I think both at the local level and the national level. So if I have to put in a plug for ASTD, mm -hmm. now ATD, ATD that's right. right, national. Lots of great white papers and resources as a part of a, my national membership that I can tap into. Lots of um, communities of practice. That's what they're called. So um, you can kind of, um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's already people out there doing something and you can kind of borrow from them and get some best practices. You said it. I'm a big believer in... Uh, steal shamelessly. And I mean that in the most <laughs> loving way, right? <laughs> what do they say? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. I believe in flattering, flattering, flattering. <laughs> so did we give you a chance to talk about all the competencies? I think the last one we talked about was change. Yeah, the, there were two more, and I'll be real quick. One is yeah. the, the fifth one is human resource innovator or integrator. Again, so you asked this question about being innovative, right? right, as we think about our processes and procedures, right? How do we think about innovatively how we might do that differently and how do we get plugged into different places in the business? And then the last one is the technology proponent. Um, and uh, so you think technology in the HR space? Absolutely, right? You know, um, if you've ever seen there was a story, I remember someone telling about 
kids in the future and they went back in time to look at different things uh, and they couldn't figure them out until they got to the classroom. So they said, this was a cotton gin. This is how we made clothes. And they said, oh, you made it like that? And then they said, here's a, a butter churn. Here's how we made butter. And oh, that's how you made butter? And we showed them a classroom and they said, we know what that is. That's a classroom, right? It looks very similar from, <laughs> <laughs> from in the past to today, right? So this idea that in the HR and the learning space, we really want to leverage technology. We right. want to be in that space just like everybody else. And how do we do that innovatively? And I have to, again, give a plug to my, um, to my manager. One, to Turner, they use a lot of tools internally uh, and the HR team support that we use Yammer right? Uh To keep people connected inside the organization. We're a very familial, very relationship um, relationship oriented organization. So the HR team sought out what are kinds of tools that we can help facilitate that Mm -hmm. so our folks can stay in contact. Um, But on the technology side, I have to give a hat off to my boss again, Michelle Kilroy. Um, Our team also has an informal learning specialist, right? So we start to look at, in that need, right? I didn't even, I mean, mean, you heard about informal learning, but you didn't know there was an actual person who sat in the role and there's a guy on our team Devin Dreyer he is a magician right but he looks at you know here are the basic tenets of what we want to deliver in terms of learning and development and then how do we leverage technology to really make it sing and to meet people where they are not only in the classrooms but back on the job or when they're out and about so we look at some mobile tools we look at you know some other kinds of creative ways of using other kinds of tools to help people to really engage with us so becoming a technology proponent um, is the sixth you know competency and one that we really try to advocate that people think out of the box in terms of how do we do this work yeah so those are the six competencies that we've built the hr university around i get the sense that she's answered that question before <laughs> about the <competencies>. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you i know you're going to be very busy uh raising this child yes and, indeed. I can tell you, and, and her name amanda amanda yeah all right shout out to amanda shout out to amanda she can play this tape in a few <laughs> years <Right. laughs> listen to mommy be smart that's right. <laughs> but uh yeah what's what's next uh, amanda university amanda that's what's university. Next. i like <laughs> it i like it so what's on the horizon for you? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to continue down this path, right? Really believe in investing in our folks. And so we're going to get better at this in terms of building out that curriculum, mm-hmm. looking at ways, again, that we not only use do it formally in the classroom, we're all familiar kind of with that 70-20-10 model. 10% of the learning happens formally in the classroom, 20% in social settings, as well as feedback from our boss. But the last one is that experiential piece, right? How do we meet people where they are, literally in their space, so that we get to a kind of a just-in-time learning space. And so that's the kind of thing that we're looking for, is how do we migrate out of the classroom and get into the social and the and the workspace so that we help people to really apply it and uh, start to see some results. So other learning and development professionals in the space, if they'd like to, to reach out and get some input and insight from you. I mean, you guys really are pretty good about that. Are you cool with sharing, I don't know, an email, a phone number? Sure, sure. Like All of the above. Okay. Let's see. David Adelman. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's right. If you want more information, call David. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Feel free to reach out to either Michelle Kilroy, Michelle.Kilroy, just like you think, K-I-L-R-O-W-R-O-Y, Lord of mercy, at Turner.com. 
uh, who is kind of the the genesis behind it, right? I always want to give right. credit where credit is due. And she regrettably, she couldn't join us today. So I want to make sure I, I um, point you in the right direction. But I'm also happy to answer questions as an implementer. I'm at Jennifer.Williams, the number two. Believe it or not, there's more than one Jennifer Williams <laughs> out there, that. right? Jennifer Williams dot, Jennifer.Williams, the number two, at Turner.com. Yeah. And then I'm sure they can find you at an ATD meeting. You right? said it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Jennifer, it has been an absolute delight having you in the studio this morning. And you know, we're quite sincere when we say you got to come back and visit us again. Sometime. All right. I'm going to take you up on it. <laughs> Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our guest this morning, Jennifer Williams, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Learning Insights. Go weak, stab, 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 stab.